Welcome back. Welcome back. To Pop Opinions. Pop Opinions. Episode 37. 37. You got it right with yes. really no, just no challenge. Went, I just kind of went for it. Like I was just like, I'm pretty sure it's 37. So. You guessed 37 last time. I know. Now we're, now we're actually on 37. Yeah. And we also recorded closer together, didn't we? No. I don't know. Anyways. Just that different time. It's a weird time. We don't usually record this like early. Yeah, we're on it. Uh, Case, how you doing? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. You know, hanging in there, Jack. I had a really sore neck and back for a couple days. It's feeling a lot better today, but it was a little, uh, kept me under the weather. Mm-hmm. I think it's like from literally looking down at my computer from working from home. I don't know. Like, I must have tweaked something. It was really bad. Especially if you're not doing it at a table. It definitely would hurt your neck to be, like, looking down. Yeah. It's just hard because our table has a 3,000-piece puzzle on it right now. So, there's no room to eat anywhere or do anything. So, got to get that puzzle done. <laughs> Man, that's, that's it's a mission. It is. How are you, Jack? I'm good. We, uh... We watched our, our movie challenge. We actually, we watched the premiere of a new movie, mm-hmm. Without Remorse, starring Michael B. Jordan. Yes, it's on Prime. We ordered in Cineplex popcorn. We had it Ubered eated here. Uber eated? Yeah, we Ubered it. Yeah, we Ubered it. Ubered eated it. Which was kind of fun because it felt like a real like movie. Like we... I felt like a premiere again. I found on YouTube the clips that they play before Cineplex movie. Like, don't be a Tommy Texter. Yeah. Or the Sally Soundbox. It was fun. It it felt like watching the premiere of a movie again. Yeah. So that was really good. That was a really fun. And the movie was really good. You gave it an A minus. I gave it a B plus. Um... It's entertaining. It's revenge. There's a couple twists. It's action packed. Very action packed. And more of, especially when you see like Tom Clancy, you kind of think it's just like about war and fighting. There is a little bit more of like a political kind of agenda behind these soldiers. Yeah, for sure. I love Navy SEAL stuff too. It's so cool. That's what 13 Hours was, wasn't it? Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily Navy, but. Oh. Some type of military. No, like the SEAL people, right? Is not aren't they called Navy SEALs? Or are yeah. they just called SEALs? I don't know if Navy SEALs and like SEAL Team Six is probably what SEAL you're thinking. Team, yeah, those people are so kick ass. That's who I'd want saving me if I was ever yeah. kidnapped or that, something. That's because pretty... they're so skilled. I know. Yeah, it was good. He, he also, was very skilled in this movie. He was. You also announced to me that you washed your hair. Now I feel like you're going to do that every time you wash your hair. Yes. Uh, I watched it. I watched it twice this week, so I'm upping my game a little bit. I was talking to my girlfriend today, though, and she was saying she totally gets it. Like she's like, like, what's the point? It's actually good for your hair to get greasy. It makes it healthier, and I'm not going anywhere. So you know, but I'm showering every day, you guys. Actually, I've been having more baths lately, especially with my sore neck and stuff. But you're, like you're cleaning yourself every day. Like that's every not day, the problem. Yes. I think it was just more of like once a week, twice a week, I think is good. Once a week seems like just a just, little bit not enough. Yeah, maybe a Slightly little bit. Slightly not enough. Right, right. Good. Uh, so today we're going to do our Top 100 Movie Challenge, the Steven Spielberg edition. Yes, it is. Indiana Jones and Jaws. We're also going to do our Top 10 Movie Villains. So I want to know before we get into that how you determined movie villains did you do actor or the actual character the character okay 
because I I mostly did character, but I threw in a couple because this person did such a good job with the acting. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. No, I just did it as the as the actual character. Like I was just like, okay, this character is crazy or is a vil- like a crazy villain or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, let's get into our movie challenge. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Obviously, Steven Spielberg from 1989, the third installment. Neither of us had seen any of the movies before. (laughs) (laughs) So it probably didn't equip us in the right way to watch this movie. For sure. I mean, dad was kind of sitting there watching. Well, he said he wasn't going to watch it because he'd already seen it and then proceeded to watch almost the entire thing with us. But he didn't really offer any like background, except he didn't like snakes. He was like, okay, so he hates snakes. But the beginning of this movie is kind of, and it's something I found interesting that you didn't like as much as I did, which was kind of a callback to the previous movies that, again, neither of us understood, but it was River Phoenix playing Aww. young Indiana Jones. I was so sad. I loved him so much. He died on my birthday, you know. Oh, that's really sad. I know. And I loved, like, I just loved him. He was just like that heartthrob of, you know, that era for me. And you see how he gets a scar that's on his chin that I don't really see during the movie, but apparently that's a scar. He doesn't like snakes. He falls into a snake Mm -hmm. pit and he gets his hat, his signature hat. He does. Yes. It was okay. It was just like kind of a little bit cheesy, the the, um, train scene. Like it was the music playing was like, like it just seems silly to me. And, um, I don't know, but again, I try to think like this is what nineteen eighty nine, eighty nine. So it's been a long time, right? Mm-hmm. So this tells the story of Indiana Jones as he hunts for his father Henry and the Holy Grail, uh, as he was kidnapped by the Nazis. Which apparently every movie involves Nazis. Yes, and some very, uh, I'm gonna say in hindsight, racist caricatures of certain ethnicities. Yes. Yes. A lot of like stereotypical people. Yes. Um, What else did I... I mean, it tries... I think the biggest problem for me with this movie, not the corniness and not the like bad or just not as good CGI because obviously it's developed so much. To me, it just tried way too hard to be funny and I just felt like I couldn't take it seriously. Yeah, I did too. I found it a bit cheesy. Um, and, and again, like maybe we weren't, because we hadn't seen the other ones, we weren't really attached to his character. We weren't really like, it just was like, I don't know. I just didn't, I didn't have anything like, oh, I hope he gets it. Or I like, I was just like, like, yeah, I mean, it was cool to see Harrison Ford and Sean Connery plays his dad. I thought that was a good, that was a good combination. And there were some good moments. It's not like I didn't enjoy the whole movie. It wasn't. It was enjoyable. It's just like it's after watching that. Like I have no desire to go back and watch like the other two or anything to do with the series. Now, when we were in Disney, we had so much fun. Remember that we were at the like the live GM and the live show and stuff, and that was really cool. And I don't know. It just yeah. I guess I had different expectations of what the movie would be yeah the example i put down was he goes oh rats and there's a bunch of bunch of rats yeah so that was about what the comedy was right a lot of like physical comedy even though it's like fight scenes yeah i really i did enjoy the father-son thing and apparently that's the first time they see each other i think dad said he goes oh this is the first time we're seeing sean connery or whatever so yeah like his dad and it was like 
during the entire movie and like the even in the callback they see his dad you don't see him you just kind of hear him and he calls him junior Mm -hmm. and the whole time like because indiana jones isn't his real name i just didn't feel like it was that much of a shock when he keeps calling him junior and then at the end they say his name and it's it's the junior version right yeah uh, I feel yeah. So there were two twists in this movie. Okay. They were kind of obvious, a mm-hmm. little bit. The one, there's two reveals of like someone you thought was on the good side, but they're on the bad side. They were done within a couple minutes of each other. Yeah. The one felt obvious. The other one, which I don't want to say which one it was, but was a little bit, I guess, more of a shock. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that. I think that's a fair fair statement and as they hunt for the holy grail there was again another moment towards the end where you're 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 not in on this movie i think we could admit that that you're kind of you're making fun of it and well i'm just like i'm not in it i'm just not i'm not feeling it i'm not attached to any characters i don't except maybe sean connery like i didn't want anything to happen to him yeah i was gonna say and then a certain character we won't name to avoid spoilers gets shot and then you go whoa and i'm like ah see it, re- it reeled you back in <laughs> yeah that's and it was true. your moment of they're about to find the holy grail and they need the holy grail mm-hmm. to save this person it was a good ending and then it just kind of showed i thought it was a good character character caricature of uh like the human like greediness where someone sacrifices their life trying to get eternal life it was just it was a very ironic moments yeah i have a hard time with those kind of movies because i feel like the whole time you're not really living your life because you're looking to live forever and i'm like what would be like I, there's no part of me that wants to live forever like if you know like eventually when you're living forever you're not gonna have your people anymore and you're not gonna have, so i have a hard time with movies like this that just want to have that holy grail i want to live forever I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, I, I, I can't jump aboard because I just don't, I can't wrap my head around why anybody would want that. No, it's definitely, it doesn't seem like a life worth living, no matter how long it is. Yeah. Like, if you don't have your people, I know you, I guess you would have new people, but they're not like your people, right? So, yeah. yeah so, I don't know. I, I, yeah, it was, it was okay. Uh, you ready to go to our second movie? <laughs> yes, that we just finished. Just finished a few minutes ago. Jaws, 1975, again, Steven Spielberg. I think my favorite part of how we can connect these two movies, obviously, besides Steven Spielberg, is John Williams doing yeah, the music, music for both of them. And he is amazing. And he, is. he just is a part of all these iconic movies. Yeah, no, he's really good. And you know it's him right away. Like, there's just something about him, even if it's not even the same sound. Like, Jaws is literally like dun dun, like it's two notes, and he can make you like you just even feel bu- it. even before watching this movie, you know where that sound count comes from. Yeah, my favorite thing about this movie is that I never had to worry about the Jaws like sneaking up because it was always the music was playing. Yeah. So I never was like stressed about that jump scare because it was always dun 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 dun. dun. You know, like I was like, okay. It's back. <laughs> yeah, you stepped away from. I don't think you were watching in the moment of the one pretty not intense, but just kind of startling jump scare. Which one with the dead body and the boat? Yeah. I was watching. Oh. I was standing there. I just wasn't like I wasn't sitting at that time. I was standing. Yeah. 
Uh, so it tells a story, and I loved, I just wrote down the description from Google because it sounds like the beginning of a joke. Yeah. Uh, a police chief, a marine scientist, and a fisherman try to hunt a shark. Yes. It sounds like the beginning of them walking totally. into a bar. Walking into a bar. And yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, it's, there's a lot in this movie that, um, there's some really interesting characters. There is a lot of chaos, but like, like, I know you would expect it because it's like a chaotic moments, but it's like people are all like, ta- like if they're on the phone and they're trying to get like, okay, we need the marine biologist guy to hear, but then there's like 10 other people all talking and no one's listening and it was very chaotic, I found. It was chaotic scenes even when there wasn't a shark around. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like it was like really trying to build something that was like showing how like crazy this whole feeling was so the shark is terrorizing an an island uh amity which mm-hmm. mean it was like it meant like friendship or something yeah it did yeah um a quiet island and even the movie starts and it is the most like stereotypical <laughs> yeah. there's a bunch of people by a fire they're smoking weed they're mm-hmm. drinking and this girl's like i'm gonna go skinny dipping yeah and she gets eaten by a shark yes she does and it just brought up, I, I think it's a lot of characters in this movie, but there's just so much cockiness. Mm-hmm. And it starts with the mayor who just goes, oh, that girl, She it was probably a boating accident. Yeah. Like was, a boat probably. She got tired and then a boat came by. That's what he was trying to say. And it was as the police chief played by Roy Schneider is going to like look, in the wa- look around the water to see if they could find the shark. And the mayor, which before it just looked like he was part of like a realty team, they like drive their car onto this boat. Like it, it was like a mini ferry, I guess you could call it. Yeah. Like a like one a, level. They call it a Getty, I think, right? Is that what it is? Yeah. Know. It's just where you drive. It's just like a little, like a barge kind of. Yeah. And he basically tries to intimidate the chief of police into letting the beaches stay open, even though someone just died. I loved it because it seemed like I said to you, it seems like such a mob scene. Like he's like he's talking and then he's got his kind of goons like all around him. And he like like, grabs him by the arm, but he's like being nice about it. Yeah. And he's like, we're closing the beaches. No, whatever. Yeah. They have their little thing. And he the mayor ends up winning. And then that's a that was a bad call on the mayor's part. Yep, because it's the 4th of July weekend. And it's for some reason, the July 4th celebration is from the 4th to the 10th. Yeah, Didn't I don't know. Really make sense? Yeah, they just S- six days of celebrating the Fourth of July. Yeah, and they fill up this entire beach. Well, actually, I should say before there's another like scene where they're all people are swimming in the water. They didn't close it, even though they like the police wanted to, like the chief wanted to. Yeah, but they just didn't. No, and another kid gets eaten. Yes, younger kid, very sad, but also like. It was one of those ones where they kind of set it up from a mile away that something was going to happen. Yeah, you knew. Not necessarily that kid. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, And again, the mayor has a conversation in the hospital and they just say, okay, we're going to hire someone. We're going to pay them $10,000 to hunt and kill the shark. And the mayor's just like, "Um, I mean... Uh, I was trying to do right. I was doing right by the city. I think I'm actually mixing up. So the first kid, or I guess technically the second kid dies and the mom confronts the chief of police Mm -hmm. and says, it's your fault. Yeah. You're the reason why this happened. Yeah. And and nobody says anything. No, they just let him take the fall for it. And then the mayor just says she's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. 
what what is she wrong about there were so many people on that beach that watched it happen yeah exactly um so the uh, cockiness also i mean we kind of build up into meeting these three characters richard dreyfus's marine scientist comes in and yeah very like nerdy kind of but like strong at the same time and he loves sharks he like studies them and he loves them so he's like you know i mean he knows it needs to be killed but he's he's he just is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to sharks yeah i I think one of the things you pointed out that i loved is that this is 1975 and just everyone is smoking everywhere everywhere in the hospital smoking just just lighten up everywhere yeah just no and also just really bad parenting because like terrible parenting they're like where are the kids i don't know do you want to drink and fool around yeah it's like yeah (laughs) yeah that's what i want to do like the uh, one of the scenes is the mom's waking up and and she's just like i don't know where are the kids i'm like that's so funny like she has no idea they're on like a beach like front like hopefully they're not in the water people like look alive here yeah who cares they're there they're somewhere yeah rub some dirt on it (laughs) that's right um uh, after that so then i guess we're kind of setting up to these three characters where we have the police chief the marine scientist and the fisherman who in this like town hall meeting says like i need ten thousand dollars in yeah. order to do this yeah. and this is after the first person dies mm-hmm. so then after the second person it's like okay we have to pay him this ten thousand yeah, dollars for sure like let's get rid of the shark and he has a near death incident with the shark yeah where he just throws out like someone like someone's wife's roast yes expecting to catch it yeah and they almost die they almost die because the whole pier rips off and and you just see the the strength of the shark yeah that was a good that's a good scene though as far as like you see like he just ripped apart this dock i shouldn't say a pier a pier is pretty big but a dock right Mm -hmm. a bigger dock yeah it wasn't like quite like a dock you'd see at a cottage but Mm mm-hmm so these three characters, which again doesn't really make sense, that Roy Schneider's character, Chief Brody, hates water, and boats, boats, and he's one of the three people on the ship, yeah, or on the boat. It also is weird that like, uh, so Quint is the third guy, is the, the fisherman. fisherman, yeah. He has like a second mate that's with him when they almost die, but he doesn't go on this trip. No, I kind of felt like it would have been an easy person to just put on that boat to die. Right, right. Just to get the setup of like, okay, so this is going to be the death guy. Yeah, this is this is the this is the death guy because yeah. then it becomes well, you know, it's not really going to be any of like the two main characters that we've seen most of the time. Yeah, exactly. So as they're on this boat, um, they're singing. I guess so. They have a few like encounters, and it's oh, it's close, and they're trying to harpoon it, and. Eventually, they just kind of give up for the night, and they're drinking and singing along, and it's a song that Quinn had been singing the whole time, like, farewell, adieu yeah. to you Spanish ladies. <laughs> yeah. Didn't really make sense, but I guess it's it's no. just the times, and maybe it's a, like... It was a weird filler scene, I found. Like, it was a little bit long for a filler scene. Like, it was kind of like drinking, drinking, showing all their war wounds as far as, like, not actual war, but, like, you know, this one, this scar I got doing this, and mm-hmm. yeah, it just kind of seemed like it was a bit, like, of a lull for me in the movie like i was like okay let's just there's a few it's a two-hour movie that yeah. doesn't need to be that it long it doesn't need to be quite that long i don't think and in that singing scene it sets up so they're singing and the shark just starts destroying the boat 
and takes away their power. They have to work through the night in order to get the engine and power back on. Yeah. Um, eventually, uh, Chief Brody sees the shark. And it's one of the most classic lines I think you're ever going to hear. Yes. You're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. And a bigger boat they definitely needed. Yes, they do. <laughs> Uh, the cockiness also comes from Quint, and he's shooting a harpoon and attaching these barrels so they can see where the shark's going and they can it's, follow it's it along. It's smart yeah. to know where it is. But then he just, at one point, he eventually shoots and attaches three barrels. Yeah. And he just, he says it no less than 10 times. He can't go underwater with three barrels. Mm-hmm. Can't go underwater with three barrels. And what does it do? Underwater with three barrels. And it just. It is true that the music does kind of give away the eeriness. Yeah. Because it does. it does give you like a, okay, it's coming. It's coming. There's- yeah. You know, because it's either jolly music, like do, 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 we're having fun times on the boat. Yeah. Or it's like, holy crap, he's back. Yeah. The music choice in this, and again, we, we love John Williams. It was just very like, it's either terrifying death and fun yeah and happy yeah there wasn't a lot of like just in between yeah i love him too i just didn't think some of this was the best like choices but Mm -hmm. even even, like the very end it's just smile you son of a bitch (laughs) i don't even know if does he say bitch or i don't know um very like 1975 way to end this movie yeah like, because I felt like it, like at one point where I was like, how much time is left? And it was like eight minutes and we hadn't really resolved anything. And I was like, are they just going to do it in like one minute, two minutes? And yes, pretty much what they did. That's pretty much what they did. Uh, I realized watching this that if you watch this movie in 1975, it probably scared you in the same way as a movie like Psycho. For sure. 100%. It was probably terrifying. Even you said, because you're going to the cottage. Oh, I, I'm don't want to swim in the water <laughs> and it's a lake so it's just it is i can see how it'd be really terrifying so yeah my other big point was how did jaws from 1975 age better than indiana jones that yeah. was my biggest thing watching both of them yeah i how, agree i guess because jaws didn't need as much like cgi like it was more just the shark yeah and water and boat like it was just maybe an Simpler. easier yeah yeah for sure but Indiana Jones, like that, there's a lot that goes into that, and it just, I, it just didn't look as good. No, I agree. There was just a lot of like obvious. It just green wasn't screen. as like entertaining or something. Like it just didn't capture me. Maybe though, we need to go back and watch the other oh, ones. Oh gosh, no, I'm good. I will. I'll probably watch them. All right. Because Raider, let us know how that Raiders goes. of the Lost Ark had like one of the funniest scenes where it's like. This guy with a sword and he's doing all these theatrics and Indiana Jones just shoots him. Oh, <laughs> let's get rid of him. Yeah, it's, it, it's funny because he's like, yeah, he's doing it. He's like, oh, look at how scary he is. And he's just almost like you can see he has that like Han Solo bravado. Right, right. Yeah. This is part of like Harrison Ford's like amazing run. Of, well, I mean, really just his life. But oh, think my about gosh, like, yeah, I can't even think about and there might be stuff before. But I think if you start Star Wars in 1977, the first Indiana Jones is 1978, and he's in those movies throughout the 80s. Right. And even they did another Indiana Jones in like 2009 or something. Yeah, he with, really... Uh, with Shia. Shia LaBeouf. All right. Are you ready for our top 10 movie villains? Yes. I have so many honorable mentions that I think I should just save them until like we're done. Okay. Because I don't want to like step on any of yours if you have them. Oh, okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Okay uh i'll start okay my number 10 yes is john doe 
from oh, okay. seven. From seven. It's good. Kevin Spacey, not the first appearance you'll see from him on this list. I'll give on my list to give a little spoiler there. Uh, just a smart, menacing, just no care in the world, but also is falls into a category of things he's doing right. Yes, yeah. Because I he's calling out a lot this, of villains. So. Yeah, the seven deadly sins. Yeah, yeah, and he's trying to like wake them up to like. I don't know, the world. And he's just really smart. I remember him in the... I don't remember word for word or anything, but when he's in the back of the car with Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman or whatever, mm-hmm. his whole speech there is just... It's well done. Like, you're like, mm, I kind of understand what he's saying. <laughs> like, humans are flawed and whatever. So, mm-hmm. it's good. Um, okay, so my number 10 is Rose Armitage from Get Out. She is played by... Oh my God, my just went blank. Why did I not write her name down? Just t- talk about her and I'll I'll look it up. Oh my God, she's from Girls. Uh, Williams. Um, Michelle. No, <laughs> I can't remember. Oh my God, that's so weird. So just talk about what you like about okay, the character. Okay, so what I like about the character, and I mean the movie's fantastic, but she plays um, Daniel Kaluuya's uh, girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Allison Williams. Allison Williams. Okay, so Allison Williams. So she plays his girlfriend and the whole time like before they meet the parents if you haven't seen the movie you should totally see it and I'll try not to give away too much but you think she is different especially because there's a good scene of how they throw you off and um, when they they get get pulled over they get pulled over and she was driving and police officer goes let me see your idea to Daniel Kluge's character and she goes well why and she just starts arguing back and forth and he's like what it's fine I'll, I'll just show it to him it's no big deal yeah and it just they do such a good job and i, I mean jordan peele at his finest just yeah. really messing with your head really messing and that's it's you know it's hard for to, you know to get me mm-hmm. usually i can figure all that yeah. stuff out so it's annoying for you guys um but i can figure movies out and she got me and she's played such a psychopath that i had to have her on my list very fair yeah uh, my number nine, and surprisingly, and I, I wish as I was going through this list, I could have put mar- more mar- Marvel villains and higher. I only have two on my list in total. Me too. And my number nine is Eric Killmonger. Okay. Played by Michael B. Jordan, the yep. Black Panther villain. Mm-hmm. I just, obviously I love him, yes. so that doesn't help. Michael B. Jordan, Anthony Mackie is a real battle in my head right now. Yeah. But his character, you just kind of, he's by no means doing what's right. But he's also kind of coming from not the worst place because his dad gets killed. Yeah. And he is a born Wakandan and just kind of gets, he gets left. He becomes a military man and just goes on so many killing sprees that he gets the nickname Killmonger. And he has all these like marks on his body to represent every person he killed. And I just think Michael B. Jordan, because until that point, he was kind of always the good guy. He was. He's always someone yes. you wanted to cheer for. Mm-hmm. And I just thought he did such a good job with this character. Amazing. I agree. For sure. It's a good one. Uh, my number nine is Kaiser Sose from Usual Suspects. And I'm not going to say much about it, except that he is a clear genius. He is a total psychopath. And it's, um, yeah, it's. Yeah, it's a hard one because you don't want to give anything away with that yeah, movie. Yeah, it's, it's our movie challenge from last week, mm-hmm. so you can go back and listen to that. And it's just, I have him on my list at six, so it's kind of our time to talk, or I guess my time to talk about it. 
it's just it's a character you hear about all about the move all throughout the movie and they're setting him up to be this big thing and the reveal is almost better than the setup. Yes. Of just the anticipation of who it is. And once you find out who it is, it's incredible. Yeah. Just yeah. as good. Yeah, for sure. Really well said. My number eight is Hannibal Lecter. I have him on number five for me. Uh, just this again goes back to Anthony Hopkins and his performance with it. And just yeah. how his conversations and just everything he does on that screen. Because he's not in that movie as much as you would think he is. Right, because it is more about Jodie Foster, really, yeah. his character Clarice, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he does, he's so smart, and he takes in everything they say. Like, he's just a really smart, smart guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, and he is, he's a psychopath, mm-hmm. for sure. But he can, I don't know, he's just, he's so fascinating on screen, right? And he, and he captures you and he almost, he really almost puts you on his side. Yeah, you do. Almost start cheering for him, which is crazy. Um, okay, my number eight is Colonel Hans Lando from, yeah. is that it? Lando? From uh, Ingl- Land, it might be Landa. Landa from Inglorious Bastard, Bastards, played by Christoph Waltz. Uh, his performance first of all i think he is a genius christoph waltz i think he could play like he could read a phone book and i would probably listen to him he is like the opening scene where he goes to that house which we've talked about on glorious bastards before so you can go back i guess and listen to it but when he is talking to the man at the like at the farm the way he you know he just takes his time with thing he already knows what the answer is he knows that there are people hiding in the house but the way he per- he just presents himself and the way he portrays like this himself yeah, like he's on your side and the whole time it's not like he's like gearing up to something like he's not slowly figuring this out like you said he knows going in what his answer is but he just he just kind of toys with this guy. Yeah, and then he lets so one of the girls escapes and he knows who it is, like he knows who it is and then when they re-meet later on, he just fucks with her. Like he just is just like just messes with her with her head, you know, and he's so calm about it. Like he's just so calm and confident and it's so good. So I had to put him. I think he's a great villain. That was my number 7. Oh, fun. And again, it goes back to performance. Just yeah. how how can you just bring this character to light and you can never like even us explaining it. He has so many more scenes where oh, he just Oh, yeah. Again, a bad guy that you kind of cheer for just because he's a horrible person, but like he's just him and his like even when he talks to he has the conversation with Brad Pitt and he does some pretty awful things in the movie, but he just will always be like, hi, like, how are you? Like, yeah. he's just so, like, nice. Yes. Yeah. He portrays himself really well. And he's crazy. So that was your number seven? Oh, that's my number seven. Mine is uh, it's Hela, right? From Ragnarok? Yep. yep. Yeah. So I had to put her on the list because I think out of the Marvel movies... I mean, there is there are a lot of villains, but she is like next level, next level loco. Like she is the goddess of death. Yeah, like she does not care who she kills. She just wants to be in power, and um. So I yeah. I mean, when I looked through the Marvel, you can obviously have so many, but I was like, I feel like she needs to be on my list. So you have no more. You have one more Marvel. One more Marvel. But I think I feel like we can assume it's the same person. I'm not sure. 
Okay, well, because I wanted to do honorable mention of Marvel villains. Oh, okay. So you could just stop me if you have them later in the list. Okay. So, so I have four. Okay. Uh, Mysterio. Okay. Like Jake Gyllenhaal's yep. performance. Uh, Ultron. Mm-hmm. James Spader. Ego, Kurt Russell. Okay, yeah. And Zemo. Okay. So none of those. No, I don't have them, but Zemo was a tough call. He would have been, he would have been there. Um, just because I think he's so great and he's a villain, but I like ended up really liking him. Well, cause once, cause I was thinking of him in civil war. Once you see him in Falcon and the winter soldier, you kind of cheer for him. Yeah. And I think like, I understand where he's coming from and I understand like he lost his family. And so he's a bit crazy. Right. And he's also really smart because he's like, I'm not going to take down the Avengers. You guys are all superheroes. I'm going to take you down from within. I'm yes. going to take you down with smarts yeah. instead of just like brute force yeah he is so smart yeah uh what do you is it you uh my six was kaiser soze oh okay uh my six is the joker uh dark knight rises heath ledger uh just the dark knight dark knight rises is uh oh sorry dark uh, knight bane oh yeah Tom hardy also a good good villain yeah yeah and a good like um yeah so i had heath ledger um i had a hard time like i kind of wish i put him a little higher just because i think the performance is um one of the best i've seen ever and he did i'm pretty sure he won an oscar for it post post hominis yes he did and um yeah i don't know i don't know what else to say about him i just think he's just did such a good job and i just think he's such a good villain that you again you almost start cheering for even though he's so crazy when he's walking out of the hospital though in that nurses the way he walks and the way he just he changes his whole face like his his body language and his like m- face movements and he really committed to that role so mm-hmm. i have him later so i'll have more oh, okay okay uh so me Number yeah, five? Yeah, five, yeah. My number five is Pennywise. Okay. The clown from I It. I know, I thought of that one too. It's just because it's not just a clown. And obviously to to some people, clowns are scary and it's the scariest thing. But turning into the thing that you that scares you the most is just amazing. And um, now I can't think of the guy, Peter Skarsgård, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, it's the other one, isn't it? It's Alex or... Uh-huh. Uh, I want to look it up now because it is a scars guard. It is a scars guard. I'm pretty sure it's Alex though, or Alexander. I think his name is. I see. The only reason I didn't put him on my list is because I've never actually seen him. I only know what people Bill. have told me. Bill scars guard. Oh, that's really okay. Did either of us guess that? No. Oh, but yeah, I Bill. said Alex. I don't even know if there is an Alex. There, because it's um. Uh, I'll look it up because it's um. Why can't I think of the uh, Big Little Lies? Is what I know, in. yeah. Yeah, that's Alex. Oh, okay. Alexander, yeah. Is there not? Oh, yeah, there's like, there's quite a few Scars Guards. Yeah. Oh, and then Stellan Scars Guard is, um, he's from yeah. Thor. Yeah, I know him. He's, well, I think of him from Goodwill Hunting too, but he plays like the math guy who wants Matt Damon to be on, go to his school or whatever. Oh, yeah. I don't remember that part of the movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, my number five Pennywise and to do a chapter two and be just as scary to adults. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can't, I can't watch that movie, so I couldn't put it on my list because I've never actually 
seen it. I've only heard other people tell me things, and I don't think that's fair for me to say like it's the scariest if or yeah. whatever. Especially when like like Bill Skarsgård would be like in full makeup, looking terrifying. Then would like talk to the kids. He'd be like, "Hey guys, how you doing?" Like yeah. it would just be. It's it's amazing how actors commit to roles like that, and obviously we've seen it be kind of it be detri- detrimental to people. Yeah, but just the commitment of actors is something I don't think I could ever do no. to the level that they do. I, it's funny. I always thought I'd be a good actress until we started doing promos and I realized I'm not good. Like as soon as some, I say action, like I lose, I lose my mind or something. I, I can't, I can't improv. I can't like, no. So I'm like, wow, I would not be a good actress. It's good that I know that though. Yeah. So I don't feel like I missed out on anything. <laughs> um, my number five is Hannibal Lecter. who We've already talked about. So Yes. Uh, so my number four is he who shall not be named Voldemort from Voldemort. Harry Potter. Again, I thought of him too, but I've never, I've only seen one movie and I didn't, he wasn't really in it a lot. No. Once you get through eight movies, now I feel bad if it's eight or nine, whatever, whatever it is. Cause the last movie or the last one is split into two parts. Right. The amount of this just character always being a part of the movie, even if he's not in it. But oh, just okay. always the looming the ref- threat. The references or whatever, yeah, and right? It's, and it's who he who shall not be named. No one will say his name except for like Harry Potter. Right. And Dumbledore. Like it is such a like aura around him that even when you get those face those showdowns or face offs, it's all still worth it. Like it doesn't feel like he's any less than what people chalk him up to be. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I thought of that one. God, I haven't seen that. Uh four? Uh, that was my four. Okay, my Voldemort. F- my four is Darth Vader. Do you have Darth Vader? Darth Vader is my number three. Okay. Um, so, I yes, I think he's a villain. I do, but I also again have like a bit of empathy for him because of everything he kind of went through. Right. It's easier once you see the prequel movies, yeah, and you understand how we get from Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader and why he did what he did, yeah. In the original trilogy, and when they brought him back for, as I always want to say, Rogue Nation—that's Mission Impossible. When they brought him back in Rogue One for like two scenes, it kind of showed the in between of him being like an anguish of like being disappointed that he's Darth Vader and kind of him being comfortable. Like it's just this like vicious brute force, yeah. I guess he just kind of was like, well, if I'm going to be this, then I'm going to go in 100%, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, it's Darth Vader. It's it's hard to argue against Darth Vader because... And it, it's funny when you compare like him to Voldemort. We're very back and forth. The only reason I went with Darth Vader is because we had more of his like backstory. Right. Of why he is the way he was. And yeah. Stuff. And yeah. what happened to him and mm-hmm. how he he even doubts himself right right so yeah darth vader was my number three okay my number three is amy dunn from gone girl wow i put that in my honorable mentions because i didn't know if she would be mentioned but that is one of the best written characters and unbelievable performances i almost put her at number one honestly i think she is i think it was one of the best performances i've ever seen from a female like villain almost i don't even want to call I, I was her gonna villain. say i don't even want to say female i was just gonna say any like right just person who you think is wronged but they're wronging and just this elaborate plan of how this all came to be she is a real psychopath of way like she really sets a whole plan in motion and the 
the best part about her is that when her mission or whatever her plan like she can she can switch gears and then have a different plan and it's just as crazy when you know she meets up with the ex-boyfriend and the way she gets out of that whole situation and the way the very ending and like she's just crazy and you can just kind of see how the people she's involved with don't know like she just kind of looks like this innocent girl and then she just starts kind of cracking even more because she'd been planning this for so long and then by the end you're like wow how how did she manage this yes how did she get in and out of everything to get to that point yeah and how like who has that mindset to just to plan everything she did and to follow through with things and then to Mm -hmm. be able to switch gears and yeah so I put her at three but I honestly was like maybe she might be number one (laughs) yeah uh, my number two is the Joker, Heath Ledger. It it became more of performance, and obviously it was it's incredibly sad what happened to him yeah. after. But having that as the last piece of him, and you see how much he committed, and like I can't like off the top of my head, there's two scenes to me when I think of how amazing it is, and it's the interrogation with Batman. Yes, and how he just is getting his ass kicked and yeah. just getting thrown around by Batman, and he's just laughing. Laughing. Just nothing and in the world. licking his lips, you know, moving his mouth. And yeah, yeah. And the other one is, and it became a TikTok sound where like all the bad guys are meeting up and he walks in and just someone just goes, enough with the clown. And he goes, ba, ba, ba. let's not blow this out of proportion. And he has like a bomb attached to him. Right. And you could just see all of the craziness. And I know a lot of people will then go, well, why wouldn't you pick Joaquin Phoenix? Because he did just as incredible of a job i just think because in the like the joker movie he wasn't really a villain okay because it was more of how he became the joker yeah and it was about him but in the dark knight he is just the villain oh he's the villain he wants to take people out and he wants to be in charge and he wants and he puts and he puts people and he puts a big group of people in a situation where you either have to kill a bunch of people or you're gonna die too yeah Yep. And he, he makes, he it's almost he makes people make their own choices. Right. Decide their own fate. Yeah. Because he thinks it's going to be a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. That was your number two? That was my number two. My number two is Thanos. What's that for you? That's my number one. Okay. Uh, is Thanos for me. I almost, yeah, he is also my number one as well. But... Again, he's like that character that you understand why he's doing it. My, for me, when he became a full villain is when he killed Gamora, though. Like, I'm like, okay, this is supposed to be like your daughter, like a daughter figure, and you just threw her away, like nothing. Like, And although he was sad, it's a moment where you get to see remorse because he doesn't want to do this, but he also can't ignore his mission. Yeah. Like he just, you see the struggle. He, like he doesn't just throw her off like it's nothing. No, but it's just like, wow, he is, he's really, he's so committed to this. He can't, he can't see anything else. And I understand why he's doing it. I get it. He's, he's actually trying to save people. But yeah, he thinks by eliminating half the population that yeah. it's going to save everybody else. Yeah. But you can't, yeah, that's not your job. Right? No, he's been, he was also an overarching threat for so long because you see him in the first Avengers. He's in the Guardians movie. Like he's just kind of always this threat that seemed so far away. And I think for me specifically, especially because he's my number one, it's in, 
the Infinity War version because mm-hmm. in Endgame it just kind of turns into he's kind of given up. I'm he's... just gonna kill everyone. Yeah, like yeah. it's just there's no mm-hmm. point in arguing it. In Infinity War, he he tries and he is never mad at anyone. He just wants to do right by the world. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard not to almost cheer for him sometimes. Yeah. I don't know, but then he's so bad and he makes such bad decisions. Yeah, it's a very interesting character for and sure. Josh Brolin did amazing with he it. He did. I know. I always think it's that other guy from Sons of Anarchy. Oh, Ron Perlman? Yeah. <gasps> it does. If, if they did like what person to actually look like Thanos, Ron Perlman would probably be a good choice. Right. And it kind of sounds like him too. Okay, so my number one is Emperor Palpatine. Okay, I, yeah. I, I could see that. I think for me, he's just the scariest. Like he was so scary, and I feel like he was the he was the puppeteer of of a lot of things. And I think he just I think he scared me the most. Like he he got in my soul. Like even when I saw his like when I see his face and his, you know, when he's covered in his face, and it just it's just scares me. And I feel like he is like the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas like. Thanos or what like I understand where he's coming from but I feel like Palpatine is like actual evil so I was like that's how I kind of justified it in my head I think they're both like so good and well there's so many great performances in this but I was like for me he was like the epitome of evil and again going back to Star Wars getting the prequel movies and see how he was so he was able to commit a to start a war that he was on both sides of right and he just put every plan into motion that he wanted and he became the supreme chancellor and i think it was good to and the same with darth vader getting those prequel movies to understand how like even his face got messed up and yeah. how he got from he was on both sides and in power and managed to keep that power for a really long time yeah yeah he's just yeah he's he's evil to me so um some of my honorable mentions so i mentioned the uh marvel marvel ones i did put amy dunn i'm, I'm glad she was that high on nice. your list yeah i also wanted to include the slashers you know your freddy krueger michael right. myers <laughs> yes jason yeah. Voorhees. jason Voorhees, the funniest uh murderer ever yeah um also a weird one that i wanted to consider because i love quentin tarantino villains the uh calvin candy uh, he was almost on mine too it's just he does and Christoph Waltz in that movie too but like just how Leo mm-hmm. did that villain and again he's one of those like oh what like I'm on your side what are you talking yeah. about and even like Samuel L. Jackson in that movie of like even though he can see this is a slave owner and a horrible person he's still def- like he still is on his side yeah it's yeah. almost like Stockholm syndrome I know I definitely thought of that one too I also wrote down the shark from Jaws just in case <laughs> thought it would have been relevant to bring it up on this yeah full circle here all right that's our so let's pick our next movie yeah so we're gonna do two Mm -hmm. okay and we took out the one that you didn't like i know thank you so much no shutter island no shutter island number 60 number 60 that is ooh, oh one of my favorite if not favorite movie of all time we're gonna be watching the departed <gasps> nice oh i love that movie i haven't seen it in a long time actually so i'm i'm gonna look i look forward to that can you guys can you hear it sorry was i taking away all right i'm picking that's loud oh i picked two um yeah just 
take one. That one. Or look at them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're going to be watching Going Back to Christian Bale, number 75, Batman Begins. Okay. I haven't seen this one for a while, so... I don't know if I've ever seen it. This is the, which a lot of people forget because the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises were the last two. This is the first movie of the Christian Bale trilogy. Oh, okay. That's fun. Just get Liam Neeson and some good action, I guess, and someone becoming Batman. Yeah. So that's fun. Batman begins. There you go. (laughs) Yeah. All right. I think that's all we got for this one. Yeah. I guess um, check out uh, the Dion Girls I made an appearance that uh came out yesterday did you put it up already no it it comes out yesterday yesterday yep uh you can also check out the joke show comes out mondays and fridays anywhere you get your podcasts and uh i think that's it case got anything else i have nothing else all right and besides that we'll see you next time bye